Let's pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. First of all, it's uh, fun to hear the combined choir. Wasn't that, wasn't that uh, joyful? Wish we could do that more often. Maybe we can. So our story today about the ten lepers has many fascinating <coughs> dimensions to it, and you picked up on so many of them in your, <coughs> in your comments. First of all, uh, being a leper in Jesus' time not only meant having to deal with a terrible disease where your body gradually rotted away, but you were also completely ostracized from the community, including family and friends. And so the lepers, of course, were afraid to approach anyone because they knew where they stood. Even Jesus in that comment uh, came out earlier. What is particularly heartbreaking is that people at this time, it was, it was uniformly believed that lepers were lepers, or anyone who had a, a terrible disease or, or a disability, were that way because they were punished by God because they were lacking spiritually or morally in some fundamental way. So they were getting what they deserved, which only heightened their sense of isolation and their sense of being ostracized. They were really cut off because normal God-fearing folks wouldn't want these folks around who not only were unsightly, but of course they, they would corrupt their children through their immoral uh, uh, character and perhaps lack of faith. So, uh, as if we don't know it already, these folks lived an exceedingly painful existence. And the sad part is, of course, their disease had nothing to do <laughs> with their lack of moral, moral character or faith. So, one day, as we know, ten lepers approached Jesus, knowing that Jesus was um, a healer. <clears throat> and they cried out for mercy. You can only imagine the, 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 the force behind that plea for mercy. And Jesus told them to go to the local priest um, with their request. Was he passing the buck? No. Jesus knew very well that they were unclean, which meant they were lepers, and therefore they were uh, outcasts in that society. The only way for them to be restored in that community, in that society, was through the priests declaring them now clean. So he was sending them on a path towards full restoration. And indeed, on their way to the priest, all of them are made clean. They're healed of their leprosy even before they made it. Presumably, nine of the ten continued on their way to the priest. We don't know. But one of them stopped and said, you know, I ought to go back and thank Jesus because I have a hunch the reason that I'm healed right now is on account of Jesus. Priests don't even know who we are yet. And so... This one Samaritan turns back, and uh, Jesus' response was, uh, I don't know, Audrey asked, 
You know, was he, was he irritated or angry with them? It kind of sounds like it, because you know, his first response is, you know, there's only one of you? Weren't there ten that were healed? Where are the nine? Uh, why have they not chosen to come back? And, and the one person who does come back, of all people, is a Samaritan. I mean, as a, as a Jewish person, person himself, this would have caught Jesus' attention without a doubt. But then he says to the man, um, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And I, I don't know about you, but I read that as he wasn't well until this encounter with Jesus. So perhaps... The ten were healed, and only one was well. Is there a difference that's being suggested here? I think there is, and I think it's a huge difference. What is it? Simply this. turns out being uh, healed, of course, is a, is a physical uh, uh, sort of thing, healed of your disease, uh, which, of course, these folks desperately wanted. The disease was leprosy. While being made well involves the totality of one's being, physically, mind, body, emotion, spirit, relationships, all of this being restored so that a person can experience wholeness and wellness. And typically in Scripture, when there is healing, what is implied is much more than just physical healing, but restoration of relationships, and clearly that's what's being suggested here. And so the Samaritan understood quite clearly that behind the gift of healing, there was a giver of this gift, you see. And so he recognized that this enormous blessing that he was now experiencing, that his flesh was no longer rotting and he had new energy to him, that this was a sign of something far bigger even than his healing, namely that there is a relationship we have with a God who loves us and desires to heal us, and, and, and it takes place through the man, Jesus, that he just talked to and met. A relationship has been established. And so this is the wellness of which he is referring. And suddenly this Samaritan knew God is the source of healing and, and, and wellness, and the one upon whom my life is dependent for uh, life itself and all blessings, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. So he said thanks. Why didn't the others come back? Did they feel they were somehow entitled to their healing? Did they take it for granted? What we realize in today's lesson is that a person can be healed and not be well if they don't know how to give thanks. We know the Samaritan was healed and gave thanks. But here's a question. Could someone who is not healed of their disease or ailment be well? Let's say someone has a grateful heart and relishes any blessings that they have, like community and love, but they have a terrible disease. I'm going to show you a three-minute clip from a movie called The Human Experience. Anybody here seen The Human Experience? It's a documentary uh, shot a few years ago. Um, four 
20-something um, young men from New York City who came from broken homes um, met and, and were moved to experience the human experience as they had uh, never before with people who were uh, much lower socioeconomically or health-wise or both. And they spent three weeks on the streets living homeless in New York City in the middle of the winter. They spent months at an orphanage in South America. And they went to a leper colony in Africa. And of course, they, not of course, maybe you know of leper colonies already. They didn't. Uh, but indeed, they do exist in societies that don't have the medical resources that we do. And like in biblical times, they, those lepers, are ostracized from their communities and families. But you know what? Uh, let's just watch this little clip. See if you can see the difference between being healed and being well. Rather stunning footage. Do you think in some ways those lepers that were interviewed might be well? Sounds like it. It sounds like it. If so, what makes them well? What did you gather from what you heard? What's that? Community. Anything else? They seem at peace. They accepted their situation. Yep. They're all brothers. They're not afraid. There's a grateful spirit that comes through in it all, isn't it? Well, some things have been taken away, but here's what we have, and we're running with it. Very powerful testimony. And again, when people are healed in Scripture, it's usually a lot more than about being healed physically. That isn't even the point. It's about relationships and community with God, with one another. It's the kind of stuff that they're talking about. Um, I think, just to kind of wind this reflection down, when I think of, of how we are thankful or not, I think that entitlement and pride get in the way of us being well. I don't know what you think. I don't mean the sort of entitlement that we sometimes think that the, the lower class has and their dependency on government and all that, um, but rather the kind of entitlement that says, I've earned it and I deserve it, and by the way, those people over there don't deserve it. This is when pride comes into play and we get self-righteous and even, and even mean and ungrateful because what I have and enjoy then is no longer a gift. It's just the fruit of my labor and my goodness and by the way, I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. I'm supposed to have it. This is somehow how some people like their religion as well where they are in control, where they are self-sufficient, and where they have achieved worthiness in front of God, which is always a load of you-know-what. Yet our whole faith is based on the truth that blessings that we have, all of them are from God. Even the things that we think that we've earned, we didn't. Our successes are mostly attributable to using God-given abilities that, where did they come from? They came from God. Or we've been dependent on countless other people and God active in those people to get what we have today, to get where we are 
today. We've benefited by living in a nation that is materially and economically blessed with stable government, good schools, sound infrastructure. In any facet of our lives, we are beneficiaries of endless gifts that come our way. And with those things that matter the most, faith, family, friends, health, we can only say thank you. When we do, there's no greater healing force on the planet, a force for wellness. Now, none of this means that, it, that we should pretend that everything is always great. I'm annoyed by people who are always talking about how they're blessed and they never come clean when they're really struggling and they're ticked off and they're whatever. We know all too well how often things fall apart and uh, from our families to our work to our finances and such. Yet in the midst of all of this, as we learn from this leper colony, don't we still have things to be grateful for? Are we open to receiving life? Counting your blessings, being grateful, saying thank you, helps each one of us to see that our existence and our wellness are utterly dependent on someone outside of ourselves, namely God. We can't produce life, community, wellness. They are gifts that are given by the God who loves us. So celebrate this Thanksgiving that you are dependent and always will be dependent on the good graces of your God who give, gives good gifts. Amen.